conductive wire And you were so electric I had no say when you came so near And just passed right through me before we dive into this episode of Welcome to Geekdom, I wanted to share a couple ways you can support the podcast. The best way is to tell your friends about it. Post about the show on social media, just text them about it. If you enjoy these episodes, it really does help. And if you are really dedicated to the podcast, you can support on Patreon. There's a link to that in the show notes. Hope you enjoy this episode. Hey everyone, Welcome to Geekdom is back, as is Richard Newby. We're talking all about his book, we Make Monsters Here, which is a collection of stories. Richard, how are you doing today? I'm good, Deanna. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. I heard from you on Twitter that you were releasing this book, and I was like, oh, this is very up my alley. So I picked up a copy, and I was like, you know what? Let's talk about it, because I really like talking to creators about their process and just how things come together for them. So why don't we start off with when you really started getting into writing? Because I know you write for the Hollywood, the Hollywood Reporter and things like that, but fiction writing is definitely a little different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've been I've been interested in writing since since childhood. Um, yeah, I've I've always been interested in telling stories. Uh, you know, I, I experimented with, you know, some short filmmaking and some plays with my friends when I was, when I was a kid. And then, um, probably, you know, in late elementary school, I started just like the fiction process of writing, um, and creating characters. Um, so that's, yeah, that's just something that I've always been, uh, interested in. And then I just, you know, in high school, I really started, taking it more seriously, um, and coming up with ideas for longer projects, like full short stories and, and novels. Um, and so this, this collection, um, I actually began the process of working on it, um, during my, my senior year of undergrad. So that was in, in 2012 when I started first, uh, developing the ideas for some of the stories in this. That's awesome. And you have quite a collection of stories here. You know, you have stories that involve werewolves, and you kind of hit on a bunch of different horror elements. You have some that are more psychological than just straight monster stories. And obviously, with your love of the horror genre, you can tell a lot of that is coming through in your work. Is there any other right? Are there any other writers in particular who really influenced your sort of writing style and your love of horror stories? Yeah. So, um, you know, first off, um, I was really big into R.L. Stein as a kid. Um, the Goosebumps and Fear Street series were, you know, basically my, my main introduction to uh, horror books. Um, and then, you know, from there, uh, Stephen King it has been a major influence. He's my my favorite writer. So I read, you know, everything that he comes out with. Um, Richard Matheson uh, is another big one. Uh, I read I Am Legend in high school and just fell in love with uh, his style, the way he builds stories, but also the, the social implication of horror. Um, and then, you know, more, more recently, um, Clive Barker. Um, Paul Tremblay have been uh, big influences and inspirations as well. Yeah, obviously, I've had you on 
my Stephen King podcast, Chat Cemetery, as well. And I think he's one of those writers where if people have gotten into horror at all in the last nearly 50 years at this point, I'm willing to bet they've had some sort of interaction with either Stephen King's novels or the adaptations and been influenced by them. And you can see that with some of the other influences you mentioned, like Paul Tremblay, who is a writer I've really enjoyed. I haven't read all of his stuff, unfortunately, because reading Stephen King keeps me a little busy. And sometimes if I have time to read other things, I don't necessarily want it to be more horror. Not that I'm opposed to that. But sometimes you just need a little break from a specific genre. And with your collection, it's very clear that you don't want to just focus on, you know, only vampire stories or things like that. There's a wide variety of stories here. Can you talk me through what your process was like for picking which stories would be in this collection? Because I imagine you have others that have been started and maybe not finished or just didn't go in this collection, right? Yeah. Yeah. So the the stories, you know, and this one, um, you know, I, I really tried to, you know, tie them together with a, a, a similar theme, uh, which for me is kind of exploring, uh, you know, monsters that we create in American society um, so, you know, I was really interested in some of the, the social aspects of, you know, of horror, um, and, and not necessarily, you know, just through uh, classic archetypes. You know, in the, in the first story, the one that I start off with, Monster Truck, that's kind of like, I guess, my, you know, touchstone on my, you know, classic horror roots. You know, I, I grew up loving the Universal Monster movies. So that's kind of my my tribute to that and just saying, you know, this is where I'm kind of going to, you know, start at, but I want to, I want to go further than that. Um, so yeah, it's just, you know, I'm, I'm really interested in just looking at, you know, a lot of the, the kind of issues that I've kind of thought about or seen just, you know, in my, in my twenties, um, you know, kind of thinking about how, you know, how America kind of deals with issues like racism and uh, misogyny and uh, addiction and history. So, you know, those were the, the the key aspects that I really wanted to explore. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, explore them in a way that felt um, unique um, and not just, you know, retreading the same, you know, familiar horror tropes but also still paying uh, homage to, you know, certain things in the genre that, that we're familiar with, you know, still giving people, you know, monsters and, and blood and that sort of thing, but just also digging a little deeper into, you know, what these kind of tropes mean or how they've evolved today. And I have to say, I love the play on the name Monster Truck. Because most people think of that as, you know, this truck with massive wheels and tires, and it can just roll over everything. But in this context, it takes on a totally different meaning. And I think that's just a fun play on words there. And, you know, you mentioned horror tropes. And I think a lot of them work, though, because they give you that element of 
not necessarily campiness, but that comes into play a lot with horror movies in particular that I think people really enjoy. And if people were tired of horror tropes necessarily, I don't think certain characters would have had as much of an impact as they've had on the genre. So I like that you explore a bunch of different tropes, but from a new perspective. Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate that. You know, and and as you said, with the, you know, the fun and the kind of play on words, you know, I think that humor is a really important part of horror as well. Yeah. I think it's something that maybe doesn't get touched on as often enough. But, you know, I try to, you know, even though a lot of the stories are, are you know, very dark, um, I, I do love to have a kind of a playful sense of, of humor. Um, and that really stems from my love of, of Richard Matheson uh, and the Twilight Zone, you know, um, Rod Serling. I, I feel like a lot of those Twilight Zone episodes, those twists of fate that the characters uh, find themselves in, I feel like a lot of them are, are humorous. So I do try to incorporate some of that in there as well. Right. And for me, it's kind of crazy to say that I am fairly new to the genre just because, you know, I started Chet Cemetery in 2018. But before that, I hadn't really done a deep dive on horror novels or anything like that. I had watched Stephen King movies in passing with no real expectation that I would ever get through everything of his, but then I started the podcast. So now, you know, that's becoming a reality. And I've been slowly filling in the blanks with other things. And unfortunately, the Twilight Zone is something I haven't had the time to get to just yet. But, you know, I've been watching at least the first movie in a bunch of these horror franchises like Scream, Halloween, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so on and so forth, because there are so many of them. I'm like, okay, well, let me get to the first movie, and then I'll slowly start working my way through, you know, the rest of the movies in those franchises. And obviously, you have big horror movies that aren't necessarily parts of franchises, too. And I feel the same way about horror novels and anthologies in general, because there's so much out there that if you're just looking at the mainstream stuff, you're going to miss. And I love that it's become easier for people to publish books too. So can you talk a little bit about the publishing process for this book? Yeah. So um, I published this through um, Little Demon Books. Um, And so um, Martin Fisher, who is um, pretty prominent on, on Twitter, um, you know, he started this uh, press, I believe, uh, last year, um, and he started with his own uh, his own short story collection, um, and he's published um, uh, he's publishing a, a digest currently, and I think the the second volume comes out uh, next month. And so, yeah, so that was you know really my thing. I had. I had, you know, been trying to figure out a way to publish for quite some time. You know, I went to grad school for creative writing um, and I was in New York. Um, and, you know, the the publishing industry has changed so much, uh, you know, over the, the past decade, um, not only just in terms of of what, you know, different publications are looking for, but also, you know, uh, who, you know, which authors kind of kind of get attention 
Um, and so it, it's it's really difficult for for new authors to kind of uh, break out, especially with uh, larger publications. And so I had submitted a bunch of stories to um, you know smaller short story sites, um, and a, a lot of those you know you have to you pay a, a fee for them to read it. And so you know I had kind of stopped for a few years. Um, and then Martin uh, contacted me and he asked if I wanted to uh, read his collection of short stories, which is Tales Under the Blood Moon, um, and, you know, just do a review for that. And then, um, you know, have a, have a pull quote for the back cover. And I was really impressed with, you know, his, his writing style. And I felt like we were on a similar wavelength in terms of what we enjoy about horror and about building a, a short story. So I had asked him about, you know, maybe submitting a short story for uh, the digest. Um, and he asked me how many short stories I had. And I said that, you know, I had, I think at the time I had seven completed. Um, so he asked if I'd be interested in, in doing a, a, a collection through his press. And I was really excited about the opportunity because that was kind of like the first, you know, publication that I had really shown uh, interest in publishing, you know, horror stories of the kind that, that I like to write. Um, so yeah, so, you know, that, that partnership kind of happened through that. And I wrote some more stories once we kind of signed that, uh, deal. But I think that, you know, as you said, there's so much great stuff happening, um, in terms of independent, uh, publications and, and smaller press. Um, you know, I think that there's some really interesting, voices coming up um you know martin's writing as well is just it's it's really great stuff you know a lot of it reminds me of of um creep show and tales from the crypt um and i know that he has some other uh horror authors who are, will be coming out this year and so yeah i just i think it's a really exciting time um not only for horror but just for for new voices yeah that's always great too because you know, even though I don't have as much time as I would like to read other horror authors in full, you know, because quite a few of them have a large amount of books, not necessarily to King's status, but, you know, some of them will have like 10 or 15 books and that takes time to get through. But, you know, I'm closing in. I have about 15 books before I'm caught up with Stephen King, so I can feel it coming. And, getting to read your book in between King books, I was like, oh, this is kind of the perfect little reprieve because it's a short story collection. And while I haven't been as big of a fan of King short story collections, I think I like the ones that have a theme to them more. And like you said, you tried to have this through line with all of your stories. And I think you do a very nice job of that. And I don't want to spoil any of the stories because I want the listeners to go out and pick this up and read it because I really did enjoy it. But I do have to note one line. And it's the opening line of Soundstage Earth. And it's just like the headline, Tom Cruise fails to save the world. And I got a kick out of that. So that is the kind of humor people can look forward to if they pick up a copy of this and check it out. Because like you said, that is a very important element. And to hear what you went through to get this published too, 
you know, I haven't written any books or stories or anything, but it's something that out of a curiosity, I've just looked into. And you see all of these fees to submit or have someone read your stuff. And I imagine that can get exhausting. So what motivated you to just keep going with these stories? And how long had you been writing these stories? And were any of them ones you had held on to for quite some time? Or maybe you started them earlier than you did when you sort of sat down to start this specific collection? Yeah. So that, that first one, Monster Truck, um, I started that in 2012. Um, and it, it evolved quite a bit from that early version to the the, the final one that's in the book. Um, and then so I, I, I went to uh, graduate school for creative writing. And so I wrote a lot of stories there uh, as well. But, you know, so what kept me going is like, I, I always, I try to write the things that I want to read. Um, and so, you know, I just, <laughs> I always just been kind of drawn to, you know, the, the, the creative side to be able to, to tell stories and to get them out there. So I, I always just figured, you know, if not now, then eventually one day, you know, hopefully people will be able to, to read these. But I was really mostly just writing for my own enjoyment. Um, you know, I just felt like I had these stories and me, these ideas that I could see so clearly. Uh, and I just had to had to get them out. Um, and, you know, even even uh, once I, I spoke to, to Martin about developing uh, this book, you know, I had I believe I had seven stories at the time. And so the other three, you know, uh, there were ideas that I had had, but you know, once I started writing, they just really, they really came to me. Um, and I always think that that's just the most enjoyable part of the process. Uh, it's just, you know, being able to connect with your ideas and write something that you feel personally excited about. Yeah. And I think 10 stories is a good amount too, because it's not like this book is super long. It's not necessarily the length of a full-blown novel or anything like that. But what I've found with the collections that I've read in the past is that you're reading and when there's no theme, it feels like sometimes they're just dragging on. And I think even though, you know, stories are of varying lengths in every collection, your collection felt very consistent. It wasn't like the tone was all over the place. You can tell these were kind of written in not necessarily the same exact time period, but roughly, whereas, and I hate to keep using King as an example, but he's just the author I've been reading the most the last couple of years. And you can tell like when something was written in like, I don't know, the 70s versus the 2000s with him, and it can make it feel a little disjointed, but this has a good flow to it. And, you know, I don't really believe in asking authors what their favorite story or book is that they've written because on some level you have to like everything you write especially if you publish it so on that note what i want to know is was there a story in here that was the most challenging to write for you i think you know war mother took quite a bit of time uh in several different drafts because it was such a a sensitive topic um, and, you know, I, I, I'm from a, a family of veterans, um, so I wanted to make sure that I was handling the subjects uh, sensitively and not, you know, condemning soldiers in any way, but also 
addressing the certain horrors that come with, you know, a, a society that, you know, has been in war for, you know, I mean, for me, like that, that inspiration really just came from growing up with the news about the war in the Middle East, just like a constant thing, you know, every night on the news. And that was kind of just the, the, the background of my, my adolescence. So yeah, I, I just, I really wanted to, to touch on that subject. Um, but also, you know, with, the the fact that I, you know, I am not a soldier and I have never been, uh, to war. Um, so, you know, I don't, I don't know what that feels like. Um, but to try to just tell a story that is meaningful and, you know, respectful, um, to veterans, but also, you know, ha- highlighting the horror, which is kind of the, the main thing. So I think that was the one that I went through the most drafts of. Yeah, I can imagine. And there are certain stories, too, that just maybe take a little more of research than others. So they take more time and they might feel a little more tedious. But with short stories, obviously, that's much less so than doing a full-blown novel. Like, I know when I'm reading, I'm just like, man, how much research did they have to do? Because you'll get, you know, characters who are doctors or something. And you can tell that the writers really dive into researching those professions, whether the writer themselves do that, or if they have an assistant who does that, who knows, because, you know, some writers are big enough to have assistants, (laughs) not everyone. But for you, did a lot of research go into these stories? Or was it a lot of what you already knew from just loving the horror genre? Um, There is a fair bit of research, you know, it's always the thing for me, it's always kind of deciding how much I want to research because I I do think that there comes a point where you're researching too much. Yeah. You know, it starts to feel a little tedious, not only for you, but also for the reader. You know, I've, I've read some, some books and some stories before where, you know, a character will have a certain career and there'll be all of these details that I could tell a lot of research went into, but it's not really interesting and it's Mm -hmm. not pushing the, the story forward. So I, you know, I was really, I was really conscious of that. I think, you know, Blackbone Pit, I think that took the most research out of out of all of them. Um, the town is actually uh inspired by a, a town in Ohio. Um and I'm I'm from Ohio, so that was kind of on my radar. But then also, you know, talking about the asphalt plant, you know, that took a little bit of, of research. Um but yeah, I was I was I was always tried to be careful of to try to give it, you know, a level of accuracy, but also not, you know, weigh the story down with all of these details that, you know, I didn't think that people would necessarily care about. Yeah. And sometimes it's something like the asphalt plant where you're like, okay, well, this is a thing we all see and or drive on every single day. But how many of us have actually taken the time to think about how that is made and gets onto the road, you know? So when you have details like that and in the way that you use it in that story, which, by the way, for everyone listening, is the final story in the collection. And I think it's a really great way to wrap things up. I always look for how short story collections start and finish because that first story you really want to grab people's attention and that last story you don't want to leave them feeling like oh well you know that one was just fine or something like that you want a strong start and finish even if they aren't necessarily 
tied together in some collections like I've mentioned before. Yeah, definitely. That was something that I was, the the order of the stories, you know, a, a lot of them are kind of built around how I wrote them, but some are, but I was always conscious when I was writing of, you know, building a certain way. And so I always knew that I wanted to start with Monster Truck. You know, I, I always kind of just envision it as like, okay, like we're, we're driving into this, this collection, um, you know, and that one I think references a lot of horror tropes in the past the most. So that was kind of my, my entry point. Um, and then when I wrote Blackbone Pit, you know, I, I thought about kind of, um, you know, a, a, an exit, you know, and so this kind of uh, theme of roads, a road leading in and a road leading out um, was kind of my, my, my goal that I kind of, you know, organize the, the stories around. Yeah. And that works really well. Like I said, we won't spoil any of the stories here, but is there anything about this collection in particular that you wanted to bring up? You know, yeah, I just, I, I hope people, uh, enjoy it. Um, I'm really just interested in just really thinking about why we love the horror genre so much and, and what it means. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really one for going for, for cheap shocks. Um, you know, I try to really build, uh, you know, an emotional resonance with these, with these characters. Um, and so, you know, a lot of the, the characters in these, in these stories, uh, I think that they represent just, a either my personal feelings or people that I knew from a certain time uh, in my life. And so I think that, you know, there's an overall uh, sense of of feeling. And I I very much think that it is uh, a collection, you know, kind of built around the horrors of of growing up, of, of early adulthood. And so, you know, yeah, I, I just I, I hope that that comes through uh, in terms of in terms of each of the stories. Um, you know, I really wanted each story to kind of stand out, which is why I went with with 10 stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked at a lot of different short story collections, including uh, Stephen King's Night Shift, which was his first short short story collection. Um, and just kind of thought about, you know, what were the stories that I remembered the most, you know, what number did I kind of think was something that was manageable, but also, you know, something that each one made an impact. Um, so that kind of guided me as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to continuing uh, to kind of explore this territory of horror. I, I do have other uh, ideas in the pipeline. So yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to have, you know, broken ground with this, with this collection. Nice. Well, I am happy to read all of the stories you are willing to give us. Before we wrap up here, do you have any advice for anyone who is looking to get into writing fiction? Yeah, I would, um, you know, I would say first read a lot. Um, I, I think that, you know, reading really does help inspire you. I know that sometimes people can get a little leery uh, in terms of you know, well, if I read horror, is it going to, you know, kind of ruin the ideas that I have? Um, and, you know, that's, that's, that's never happened. You know, you, you'll always come up with 
with new ideas and more ideas, but just getting a sense of different writer styles, I think just it makes you a better writer. And I would also, you know, recommend uh, since we've since we've brought up Stephen King so many times in this podcast, uh, Stephen King's on writing uh, is one of the best tools for writing that I've that I've ever used. It's it's just a great work. Um, it's it's part autobiography and just part kind of just a a teaching session about you know style tips and how to write and how to put your ideas on the page. Um, and then I, I would also suggest, you know, if you, if you get stuck, you know, I think that writer's block is like a real, is a real thing. Um, I think if, if you get, you know, stuck in a story, don't be afraid to move on to something different and come back to it later. Um, several of these stories are ones that, you know, I, when I first started writing them, I wasn't sure where they were going to go. And I, I took a break and wrote some other things and then came back to it. Um, but I definitely think that, you know, sometimes your life experience or, or things you see uh, can kind of inspire uh, the ending or help you help you turn a corner. So, you know, don't be afraid to, to find inspiration in unexpected places. Yeah, and that's perfect because I've actually started asking for recommendations from guests every episode too. So on writing will be in the show notes. And I would also say if you just want to know more about what it's like for Black creators and actors, check out the documentary Horror Noir. It's fantastic. I watched it on Shudder, but I think it's out on Blu-ray now, if I'm not mistaken. So anyone can pick that up. Yeah, that's a that's a great documentary. Uh, I, I really I love that documentary. And I think you know I'll add um, you know since a, a lot of these stories you know do have to do with with race and my own perspective, um, you know as a as a black guy, I, I think that these are really exciting times um, for you know voices in horror that maybe haven't gotten the spotlight as much before. And, you know, there, there is a history of it. I think that horror noir is, is so great because it shows that, you know, these things have been happening for a while. Yeah. You know, Jordan Peele has really helped, uh, you know, create this watershed moment, but it's also something that's been building for a while um, and continuing to build. So I think that that's, that's really exciting as well. And, you know, we're getting so many cool, uh, horror stories from uh, Latino writers, from American Indian writers, from uh, Asian American writers and black writers. And I think that this is just such a cool time where we're really exploring the boundaries of horror. And I think, you know, finding new things to, to scare us. And I think that's always exciting. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because as someone who is currently reading one of the oldest white dudes in horror, you know, it's something that I've picked up on a lot more because I follow people on Instagram like the ladies who run Nightworms, which is a horror book subscription package, and they are getting such diverse authors for their packages, and I've been like bookmarking. I'm like, okay, got to check this out, got to check this out when I'm done with King, and one of the things I love doing because, you know... You can search things on the internet, obviously, and learn that way about other cultures, but I love learning about them 
through media like movies and TV shows. And the best way to do that is to have those people being the ones creating these things for us to consume. And it gives it to you from a different lens and what you can argue is the proper lens to get these perspectives from. And I just love that we're getting a lot more diversity, especially in horror lately. Yeah, I, I do too. It's 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 really exciting. Um I'm just I'm really thrilled about the future of, of the genre. Uh you know, it's it's my favorite genre and has been for you know ever since I was a kid. And I just think that these are really exciting times. Um you know, and it really feels like we're kind of just like on the the beginning, on the, on the cusp of, of something. So there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, exactly. Well, Richard, thank you so much for joining me to talk about your book. Everyone, go check out the book. The link is in the show notes. And I've tweeted about it already. <laughs> you know, Richard has as well. But Richard, where can people find you? Um, so I'm on Twitter uh, at Richard L. Newby. Um, and then uh, I'm also on Goodreads. Uh, I have an author profile there, which is just uh, Richard Newby. Um, but yeah, I'm always happy to talk horror uh, and writing, offer any uh, encouragement that I can. Awesome. All right, everyone, that does it for this episode of Welcome to Geekdom. If you want to support the podcast, you can do so through our Patreon. You can sign up for a dollar a month. That'll get you a thank you on the show. $2 a month, you get to pick a topic that myself and a guest will discuss on the show. For $5 a month, you can join the Welcome to Geekdom Slack group, where you can talk to myself and various guests who have been on the show. If you want to follow us on socials, you can do so at GeekdomPod on Twitter and at Welcome to Geekdom on Instagram and Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.